pretend they were just typical workers like everyone else, it was rare for them to actually attend social functions with the staff. By way of explanation, Doug kissed Candace and Elena both lightly on the cheek and said, Kathy's in Beaumont with some girlfriends tonight, so I thought I'd come see whether you two were plotting to take over the company. They both blushed noticeably. Hi, Marcy, he said directly to her and let his gaze linger momentarily. She felt her cheeks burn a bit, too. You remembered my name, she said. Everyone had been drinking, and no one seemed to notice. He grinned and turned to the rest of the table. What's up, Jeremy, Dave, Chuck? And hi there. You must be Christina. I'm Doug. I'm sorry I haven't had a chance to introduce myself. Welcome to the team. He grasped the new receptionist's hand, a friendly gesture with just a touch of flirtation. Christina turned pink, too. At one point, this type of flirty behavior had bothered Marcy and made her wonder whether Doug was really telling the truth about never having strayed from his marriage before her. But over time, she had concluded that this kind of thing was what made him a great salesman and probably kept the company in business. When you were with Doug, he made you feel like the world revolved around you. And that's exactly what clients want to feel. It also meant he could get away with winking or teasing her in public. And if anyone noticed, most people would dismiss it. She had to admit, too, looking at three beautiful professional women who had turned to jelly beneath his smiling gaze, she was pretty proud that Doug would be in her arms a few hours later. And no one knew. By 7.30, Elena, Candace, Dave, and Chuck had all excused themselves and headed home. Marcy slurped down the last of one more margarita, buzzing with alcohol and excitement. She couldn't wait to get away from the restaurant. If Kathy was in Beaumont for the evening, it meant Doug could spend the night. It had happened only twice before because it was so risky and hard to arrange. But waking, cradled in his bare arms, had been an unforgettable sensation. Sustaining her through weeks of contrived situations and covert messages. Jeremy, however, had ordered another beer and kept steering the conversation toward topics that could take all night to discuss. Meanwhile, Christina was hanging on his every word. But by all appearances, she would have had better luck with the waiter, who had finally just brought them a check in exasperation. Doug and Marcy could not leave at the same time, and Jeremy seemed in no hurry. So they were stuck with forced conversation and tortilla chip crumbs. Marcy snickered as she realized it was literally a Mexican restaurant standoff. This could go on for years, Doug muttered in Marcy's ear, while Jeremy asked the waiter whether he could split the check among the four of them. Don't bother, I'll get it, he said louder to Jeremy, handing a credit card to the waiter. Doug, there's no need, Jeremy started. Was it Marcy's imagination or did he seem resentful? Could he sense that something was going on with her and Doug? Silly paranoid, she thought. Hoped. No, really, Doug interrupted. 
It's my pleasure. Not often I get to spring for drinks for some of our best support staff. Oh, thanks. That is so sweet. Christina purred. Marcy giggled. She wasn't sure why. It really is sweet, actually. You guys are a bunch of lushes. Doug commented as he looked at the lengthy bill. He stood abruptly. Now, does everyone have a ride home? You guys have been drinking all afternoon, at least according to my credit card. I'm fine to drive, Jeremy said matter-of-factly. And Marcy, you're on my way home. I'll drop you off. Marcy cringed. He had to be kidding. Great, Doug said, and Marcy was slightly wounded by his enthusiasm. Christina? Christina seemed disappointed. I can actually walk from here.